friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic, magic, franchise magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and cute shirtless guy from across the hall, Alex Dandino. I'm assuming most of our listeners are not on YouTube, so we'll... <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, if I was shirtless doing this, everyone would turn it off immediately. <laughs> they're like, oh man, Two Bears, One Cave has really dropped in production value. <laughs> I see they're not working out anymore. Great. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> they stopped hanging out with Rogan. They're not on all the <laughs> All right, before today's stellar entry into the October Mega Marathon. Guys, we're about halfway through. I hope you're enjoying it. You know the deal. We enter the horror piece every October, 31 days. 31 pods so we hope that you're new to the show you're finding us this month uh for the october mega marathon we love horror movies you love horror movies so we're about halfway through today we are finishing with scream six uh because scream is a franchise we covered on another mega marathon so we like to cleans it up yeah so i hope you uh listen to scream five yesterday that's the thing there's a lot of episodes coming at you so keep your notifications on don't silence us we appreciate that uh, before we get started here, a little business. We are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod. The first of the October Mega Marathon movies that is on Patreon exclusively is coming up this weekend. So you're going to want to go on over there. If you join us, we have a huge library of Patreon exclusive movies over there for you. Commentaries, our Tales from the Griff miniseries. If you like Tales from the Crypt and need more horror content this month, we got a lot of good stuff going on over there so if you want to join us uh patreon.com slash pod the patrons actually even vote on the movies they want every month they can give us suggestions for months and theme and we try to help build the show uh around those who support us the most so you know we love you patrons thank you thank you thank you uh we also want to thank those of you who are about to support us as well make sure you go to youtube you can see our uh our two bears in the saddest cave uh, episodes over there (laughs) he is wearing a shirt but if we get enough subscribers, we'll both take our shirts off. We're cheap like that. Nope, I will not. That's gross. No, we cheap. We cheap. Way less money than you think. See these teats. These milkers. That was too much. Yeah, wow. That was crazy. That was like, uh, YouTube, that was like Phil Malcolm. 1997 Scream. Yeah, this was like back when I was a teenager in the first Scream in the 90s. And we would say shit like that. You could say stuff. Yeah. yeah. When I was a stew. I probably I was probably more of a Randy, but I like to think I was a stew. Um, <laughs> the email filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials you're on. Make sure something, two things you can do to help us out. Leave a five-star rating and review everywhere you find the show, right? A sentence or two while you like us. Five stars helps us algorithmically. We appreciate that greatly. Also, man, you're here. You're a horror movie fanatic. You obviously know friends that are horror movies or just movies at large fanatics. Send them an episode. Show them what we're doing. Let it, let them know we exist, and we'll take it from there. We appreciate the help, guys. All right. Scream 6. Let's wrap this bitch out. Ooh, yeah. We're not in a sequel. We're in a fucking franchise now, yep, dude. Yep, yep. We're in a franchise. So Scream 6 is an interesting... I actually took my mom to this. We we saw early matinee. It was oh, out. Nice. I was like, oh, cool. We'll go see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, my mom goes to the movie theater more than anyone you know. It's not close. Don't challenge me on that. My mom is a retiree with a, essentially Regal's movie pass, so she sees everything. Love it. It was 3D, which was a very weird addition to the Scream uh, uh, 
all right. Scream experience. It did nothing oh, for me. That explains. But it was done very well. Some when shots. you see the okay. titular like Scream Six, and they push past it onto the bridge, right, right. Or especially like the ladder over the alley, like yeah, that was yeah, yeah. pretty good use of three D. Okay, cool. Um, but my mom had never seen one, and so she didn't have the experience really? of like the legacy characters and what any of it meant. Wow. And we loved it. I think. I think you could make a case. This is my favorite Scream movie. And I think it even rivals the first one at points until what is the worst third act reveal in the history of the Scream franchise. <laughs> Roman, you're off the hook, baby. Roman <laughs> is no longer the worst <laughs> fucking ending in the Scream franchise. Um, But we'll get to the ending. We don't need to fucking uh, right. do that right now. Right. But there are moments that this this film is transcendent transcendent to me in its horror within the franchise. It has a lot of first times, right? It's pretty clever. It still fucking cheats with six foot three ghost face. Neither here nor there. But there, there are just scenes that I love. The New York setting really is utilized yeah. to add great effect, right? It's got this awesome double cold open. Mm -hmm. I loved what this movie was doing. And the most important thing to me about this, I love the growth and congealing of the core four. Yeah. I thought they really built so well off of that first movie that I, I just, I love the journey of this until the end. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, this fucking yacht is great. Oh my God. The Meg <sighs> neither here nor there. Um, so Alex opening thoughts on scream six. Yeah, I um. So I was able to I was able to say Melissa Barrera, clearly, she heard my note from yesterday, and you know, she's, <laughs> you know uh, she got in her time machine and upped it. <laughs> no, I uh, it was, I I think six is great. Yeah, the ending is. We'll get to that, but like, it has a lot of good. It has a lot of good energy that I think yeah. is like this new. Whereas five was, how do I put this? Whereas five was kind of this, like, it's the rebirth, the legacy sequel, that kind of thing. Six is like, and six you could assume, because when I saw the trailer for that, I was like, oh, so we're just doing Jason Takes Manhattan, but with the screen. Which cool. the kids are even watching in their apartment. Yeah. Of course. You, you're just like, all right. They're putting a nose on it. Yeah. yeah. You, get, you get it. I mean, like, yeah, that's what, you know, you have to put a hat on a hat in a movie like Scream Six. So that's fine. That's right. Um, that's right. But I think what's interesting about Scream 6 is instead of putting a hat on a hat, they really do take it like brand. It's like because, you know, they do the Brandy Meek scene where they explain what movie they're in. They're in a franchise. But like, yeah, to me, I was like, oh, wow, this is a fucking cool group of folks to go through another round of Scream movies with. Like, this is a good like group yes. of people. And it's a great separator because Gale and Dewey and Sid were always kind of forced together by being survivors of the first one. Right, yeah. These were actual friends since childhood. Yeah. So the bond is just different and tighter, yeah. right? Like that, they're the, like that small dinner table, right, where she, some, Sam's losing it because they're like she's the number one suspect. Right, right. And they just really rally behind her in a very organic and, and – cathartic way for the audience yeah. right we watched the whole fucking movie we know she didn't do it right and so we're watching her get this fucking like online jake paul treatment <laughs> and we're like well that fucking sucks no one wants to be jake paul without the jake paul money experience money. the money yeah 
the money. That's really the thing. The money. It's much easier to be Jake or Logan Paul when you have the money. Yeah, and you can hire a bunch of gigantors all jacked up on Prime to keep drinks from flying in your face, right? So she's getting the problem child experience with none of the problem child bank. Um, so it's hard, man. But when you watch them rally around her, mm-hmm. right? It's it's a beautiful extra thing that I don't think any of the other screens. No, it's a have, really right? pleasant addition, which is this group is really insulated by the fact that not only are they all survivors, but they're also yeah. all they're survivors that are sticking together, as opposed to like, you know, screen as opposed to like trying to run away from this they're like we have to like maintain continuity of yeah. us being around each other because otherwise we're yeah they know that they're get fucked that, otherwise we get that brief window of kind of like classic stupidity yeah of course where it's like why are you at a house party when you were just m- almost murdered it's like it's like lightning it'll never happen again i'm like no you're yeah. randy's niece you know whatever you know, that's and like, tara's just like it's fine i'll go with the cinna- cinnamon drink date rapist yeah, right, and you're like, like no but then immediately, once we get into, like, the mystery, they, like, kind of lose the stupidity of hair. Yeah. Not all the way, but that's neither here nor there. Um, let's start with this. I fucking love the double cold oak because we have we have a couple first. Let's just list some first in this. First time that Ghostface is unmasked in the first scene of the movie. Yeah. Right? First time that Gail and Ghostface have a conversation, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, first time we see Ghostface just fucking waste a dude with a shotgun. Yeah. Right. So there's there is a new kind of vibe and energy to this, right? The the kind of game of the movie is this cult of Ghostface. Right. Well, it's like the rules right? essentially shift. Like it's not they the, uh, in the first scene they change the rules completely. Because mm-hmm. like what they do is they take shift. a classic. Yeah, we have another Richie situation, which is another set of fucking film losers. Who are going to fucking run around. And Samara Weaving, who is just fucking, fucking drop awesome. dead stunning yeah, in this moment. Because not only is she just so fucking charming with like the she's they're talking about modern slashers and the chance for outsider art. And then she walks in the alley and it's a fucking wonderful scene. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. And the brutality of her kill, dude, paired with watching him just stuff the ghost face in the bag. Yeah walk down the street like nothing and talk to Tara immediately. To me, that's just up there with like the Drew Barrymore scene is going to be damn near impossible to top. Yeah. That's the scene but that launched like, the franchise. That but is, this is great. That cold open is the most brutal. It's that's probably one of the more brutal ones that's, that it's been like, it's like mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore's obviously, but like that was the meanest one it's been in a long time. It felt really like, neat. This whole really movie, painful. we're almost on the verge of like, it's almost too comical how brutal it gets. Like there are scenes at the end where people are like uh, the the twin brother, yeah. Chad, he gets stabbed about 68 times. Oh, God, dude. At, and then at somehow least. at the end, it's like he's fine to still do the core four. And it's like, all right, well, if we're just going to like, you know, uh, Tara gets her gut stabbed out. But she's just sitting there talking about, like, the emotionality. It's like, if stabbing doesn't do anything, yeah. I, and I know it's Scream where, like, stabbing has never meant, like, you're dead. Right. But we're also... But, like, we're at the point now you can get stabbed, like, 60 times and right. it doesn't even, like, Well, that's the thing. Is we're at the point now where these, like, it's like <laughs> these people are invulnerable to stab wounds. Like, they're going to have right. to address this in Scream uh, 7, which was like, yeah. all right, knives don't work on us anymore. I don't know what well, that is. Well, it's also, like, besides it just puncturing your body, like... Your system is filling with your digestive yeah, disgustingness. Like you get, Neither here nor there. 
But this opening scene before we get is com like the ending is so like I think what's it just deg it degrades violence to a level where it's not anything anymore. It's just like really but this opening is fucking fast. Yeah. It's mean. It's brutal. Samara Weaving is screaming from like the depths of an actual dying woman. Yeah. And it's fucking fast. I think what's really so we see the immediate ramifications of stabbing in like a true brutal yeah. simplistic way that the rest of the movie lacks. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what is really fascinating about Scream Six overall. But like, it's brought to a head because, you know, to this point, okay, these are movies my wife's willing to watch with me. Like, and like when we do October, my wife usually checks out for like eighty percent of these movies. Like, oh, dude, my brother was interested. We played the Scream game. At Gen Con, right? They have this game where, yeah, Ghostface talks to you, and it's like, hey, you know, uh, and you play a, a board game. Yeah, yeah. Like, and my brother was so interested in it that he went back and started watching Scream. And he's not a movie guy, especially a horror guy. Right. And he he loved it. He loves Stu. And so this is like, this, it, this is has big, more, like, that's a more crossover appeal than the average horror I movie. think what's fascinating is, like, even my wife was... Like even Andrea was watching it and she was like, Oh my God, like it's not been like this in a long time. I'm like, Yeah, dude, like this is for real. Like the reset. Well, Amy's constant note was she's like, Why is Ghostface so superhumanly strong? I, and I was like, Because Ghostface is built in horror movie cheating. Yeah. Like when Gail Weathers' gigantic boyfriend dude, gets on. fucking thrown through the bookcase by the movie specifically tells us that that is Quinn yeah. who does that. Who's no more than five foot seven and a small skinny person? I was like, I am about two hundred and sixty pounds. Used to be a bouncer, yeah, big enough guy. I couldn't throw the dead weight of a man that size, I even think, five feet. <laughs> I think what's interesting about Scream Six is, I'll say this: this is like the one thing that was interesting is, and I don't know if this was on purpose, and I don't know if you felt about felt this way, but this is the first time I have felt. It, what we ended up with in terms of what who Ghostface is, yeah, I at least was able to surmise two thirds of them really quickly. Well, the the we'll get back to the double cold. Yeah, open, we'll, but yes, we'll talk about. Here's that. the but, thing: yeah. Ethan, the roommate, mm -hmm. is a dead fucking ringer for Richie Absolutely, in the last right. One. Like, so I didn't peg him as Richie, but immediately when the movie started, you go, that guy is a hundred percent. One of the ghost yeah, face. Absolutely. The Quinn, the Quinn thing we'll get to in greater lengths in a minute. Mm -hmm. That is the dumbest thing that the horror, the scream franchise has ever done. <laughs> it, it's literally the dumbest, most insane. They, this man is a police officer, right? His daughter gets murdered. We see other police officers seeing him react and cry. Right. Mm -hmm. The thought is, is that somehow between them getting all the people out of the apartment when the first responders come in. Yeah. Right. That somehow she's able to walk out of that apartment without anyone noticing her roommates, anyone. Um, He's able to pull this ruse off. Or the other thing the movie seems to insinuate, which is fucking insane, is that she gets all the way to the fucking morgue without anyone knowing that she is expired. And then he steals her from the. Anyway, that that is the dumbest, it, it's, stupidest. It's such a cheat. It doesn't help the yeah. movie in any way, shape, or form. It's it's like Benedict Cumberbatch's "I'm Con." It's like, who fucking yeah, cares? Like, Either we yeah, knew we or we don't know who Con is. And when she goes, "It's me too," you're like, 
Oh, the extra yeah. character who's been dead for an hour, like that we have no attack. All right, whatever. That, Neither here nor yeah, there. Yeah, that was one of those ones. Was like, it's me. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, just, Ghostface has always been. It's Scream is always a movie that constantly fucking cheats yeah. with its kills and killer. And I actually think Scream Five, although it clearly cheats that Ghostface is over six feet tall and has, the girl is not, has the strength of right, a, has, yeah. has the strength, has of superhuman strength, has the strength of that, a WWE a scream, performer. Yes, yeah, that's a Scream thing. You can get hit in the face full bore as a 160 pound teenage boy with a fucking cast iron skillet and keep going. Yeah, because when you put on the Ghostface, you become this. This larger kind of symbology for the slasher film on mass. Right. So it it is like a Shazam thing, right? You put on the ghost face, well, and like all of a this, sudden you're like imbued with the power. It's, of the yeah, God. it's somehow fun. this armor that goes on. Not only does it, not only does it protect you from literally every type of uh, interference yeah. with your with like your when Gale clearly fucking shoots Ghostface. That should be it. probably. That's the, and he's like, I have bulletproof vest. You're like, that still can break ribs. Yeah. Any, either here or there. Right, but I I think Scream been Five was so annoying. Like Scream 5's cheating was so blatant. Yeah, and I think now you know. Okay, so every film is going to have a five foot five or less person mm-hmm. as a gigantic ghost face, right? Who has superhuman strength. So now it's just built in well, that like, like it doesn't even matter. It's that kind of thing because in Scream Four, both of them were fucking tiny. Yeah. Well, like I watch like when I watch when I watch Scream five, Six, all I could think there's a. Uh, there's a Family Guy joke about Law and Order where the famous person in the credits is always the killer. Like, so when we were watching it, I was watching when I was watching Scream, I was like, who's the smallest person in this cast? And I guarantee you they're at least <laughs> like the at least one of them is the killer. And I was right. Like yeah. <laughs> that's one of the like it was between her and Hayden Panettiere, well, and I'm like, not Hayden Panettiere. Yeah, because you knew it was gonna be either Kirby or the police captain. Yeah. You knew for sure it was Ethan. There Absolutely. was no, no fucking doubt, doubt in my mind. And then when they murdered the two female roommates, yeah. there's truly no doubt that it's Ethan now. <laughs> like, I get it. Like a thousand percent. Because I was like shirt, a uh, hot shirtless guy or whatever. Yeah. I was like, that's such a weird, like out of nowhere. Like he's just, he's not utilized in the film enough. Right. To where it would make sense to weaponize him, right? Like. Mm-hmm. That's something the film could have done better is make him like an uncomfortable ally more frequently. Yeah, I agree. So that he's possible. Because, I mean, I just never thought that for a second. Yeah. So you knew it was Ethan. Then it's like, which of the fucking old people is it? Yeah, what's it going to be? Neither here nor there. But it is cool because the movie exists in this. Um, It could have even been Gail. They even said she would have made a great ghost face. Uh, better than what we got. The movie, The movie hinges on that. The killers are Richie's fucking family, right? And that they know he's the killer, so they started the rumors to fucking besmirch. And we're not doing the ending yet. I'm just setting. No, it no, up. yeah, yeah, I get it. And so meeting that through this, they they hook up with these little fucking film nerds, who they weaponize their wealth to buy all of this scream evidence. Yeah. So the entire stab franchise, they have all the ghost face mask, they have all the the robes, the murder weapons, um, all this evidence, right? And they have this theater. We're this cult of Ghostface, right? We're kind of putting a visualization to the... Because um, even the first kill, that guy's taller than Samara Weaving when he kills her, and then is clearly not yeah. when he takes Tony off Revel- the Tony Revolori is short. Yeah, like maybe 5'6", <laughs> if he's wearing like Doc Martens. I've met that guy in real but life. He is a tiny man. You're also a gigantic guy, but... 
True. So maybe your perspective, your, perhaps your my, perception perhaps is, is forced perspective. Who knows? My favorite thing is that my wife is convinced you're like five foot nine or ten. Me? <laughs> you're funny. Yeah. My wife has told me this multiple times that she's like, Alex is for sure shorter than us. And I was like, I assure you, he's not like he's a very big guy. <laughs> just because. Listen, Amy, just because you and your yeah. E.T. fingers are scarier than everybody That's else. That's right. Yeah, slender Amy. Yeah, with your fucking Amy mansion Amy in the with woods. Amy with your, you know, yeah. Lil Marfan syndrome. Just relax. She walks around with her fucking five foot eleven frame, just judging men everywhere. Hello. I bet you're tight. Yeah. Well, it's like you've stood next to Alex. You've hugged him. You've yes. you've known him for years. Like he's bigger than me. It's because anywho, whatever. Yeah. She just wants to take shots. Yeah. She likes whatever. Amy. That's yeah. Anywho, neither here. Amy could be Ghostface. She's five eleven. <laughs> like she could neither here nor there she also has great but she also does great cardio so very much yeah, possible. she has great cardio she could not pick our fat bodies up and throw us through that's true neither here nor there we got to stop worrying about the physics <laughs> ghost face is shazam now where small children put on the robe and they get the power of hercules the str- the speed of solomon whatever Shazam! Are you doing this? Yeah. Shazam! Are you to remember the and then all Shazam? of a sudden, they're, yeah, they get to be six foot three with a surfer body, but fucking throw people around like they're prime Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> Neither here nor there. Ghostface is, is cheating and it's stupid and we have to accept it. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> but what I love, right, is the double open. We go back to this film nerds thing and it's like they, they've been practicing. They've been buying up evidence with their wealth. Yes. They're starting this. We're going to finish Richie's film. Richie has become, because this is the thing that doesn't quite make sense in the movie, is that a couple of them know Richie did it, right? Like It was like the the immediate media narrative was that he Richie was trying to finish a film, blah, blah, blah. Right. So these nerds know that Richie did it, and they don't accept that Sam could have done it. Even though they're film nerds and you think they'd think that's a better story, but they might be in cahoots with Dylan Muldermy already. Dermot Mulrooney. <laughs> Mulrooney, whatever the fuck his name is. Um, and so, yeah, so they, they know the real story and they're going to finish Richie's movie. Yeah. So now we have not only this cult of Stab, right? The Stab has become this, this epidemic, this pandemic of people thinking they can change horror movie fates, right? Now it's even more than that, where there's this cult of the filmmaker. It's almost like a, a, a and a nod to trying to make a post Wes Craven scream. Yeah, right, which is kind of cool. In that opening scene, right, where that kid's in his room. Yes, he's kind. It's kind of a a silly, like he's playing hot and cold with his roommate, but they're like talking to each other. It's, but it, it's so well done. Yeah, like the cat and, and mouse the payoff is awesome. Is great. Yeah. And then Ghostface saying that because that dude in the the head or the fridge, right, with the beheading, which we hear later in the franchise speech, um, who gives a fuck about movies? And Good. gets his ass. Well done. And you're like, oh my god, double cold open. Who gives a fuck about movies? Now Ghostface is wasting people in bodegas with shotguns. You're like, this is a yeah. different world that we're entering. Right. And I I fucking love where this movie's taking off well i think what's kind of interesting about because i I liked that line too like who gives a fuck about movies because what's interesting is we're now in an era where and really we got through this movie where it was less about like movie tropes and there's still that flavor in there but this is truly like 
we're trying to reset it so that it feels like an original slasher film. Like it's not just these legacy movies, these sequels, that kind of thing. What we're really trying to do is reset the story, reset the game so that you can surprise your audience again. Not just like, yeah. It's really, yeah. it was really well, it's really well constructed and well built. I, I like, I, yeah, even I really the basics like. of it's someone close to you and in the friend group, rip that out. Yeah. It's not someone close to them or they're in the friend group, but not really. They're the new people. They're not the core four. They're not in. Right. You know what I mean? And so I guess neither was Roman, but whatever, neither here nor there. Yeah. It's just, it, it has a great vibe, right? I like Sam starting off. She's trying to seek help and Tara won't, what I, I love Tara's line, right? I'm not going to let what happened to me for three days dictate the rest of my life. Yeah. You're like classic young person behavior. Because they are. They're acting like idiots at a frat party, right? Like, I'll go up with date rape Fred or whatever. And then you're like, yeah, like when I was young, I made terrible choices yeah, too. Sure. Right? And she even says, if I want to hook up with an asshole, that's my right. Yeah. And I bet that had I survived something like that, I would have been ten times more fucking insane yeah, I than think I was. I think it's bizarre. Like, I think this is the interesting thing about this one because it is sort of like a setup the way Scream 2, uh, sort of set up the way Scream 2 is with their college again. Yeah. Is she's doing the exact opposite of Sydney, which is like Sydney doesn't take chances. Sydney goes to class. Sydney dates a nice guy. Like these kinds of things that I think we took for granted for Scream 2. She's doing exactly what college kids would do because, yeah, she's like, I'm not letting three days dictate the rest of my life. Like, she's having the appropriate reaction as opposed to, I don't think any of us realize, like, Sydney is almost, Sydney is kind of taking it for a ride. It's kind of fascinating. Like, when you look like look she's, at it in hindsight, you're like, wow. She's so above it, even though she did it, like, four times, yeah. five times now. She wasn't in four, I think. So it was like three or four more. She's in four. What was she in four? She's in, yeah, she's she in all of them except for this so one. So she's in all five until this one. She didn't think she was getting adequate compensation. Yeah. So fucking shame on you. Shame on you, movie. Shameful. Um, Although they didn't need her, right? But it, no. it is like, yeah, looking at Sam now as our new Sydney, it does kind of bring it. Sydney becomes this almost mythological figure. Right, this mythological final girl who's like behind the curtain now. Yeah. Right? Like she saw the Wizard of Oz and she's like, fuck it. Yeah. And she broke the rules and now Sam is more beholden or she's breaking the rules, but from the I see my insane dad who is the villain of the first one. Yeah. Um, so there's this really fun, like, you need therapy. I don't want therapy. Um, hey, someone got killed by Ghostface. She's like, Pack up, we're leaving, let's go, we're survivalists. And her sister being like, we're not throwing away my education. I was like, hey, man, you can skip classes. I was yeah, the king of it. It's fine. fine. Take a weekend. Take a long weekend off with Chad. <laughs> be fine. Like, just be cool. But it's almost as if the movie has this, like, all the screen movies have. They're trying to be realistic, but then they're constantly horror movie cheating. And it does feel like there's this supernatural, like, almost you can see the the uh, the hand of authorship moving things in a way that feels unnatural yeah which kind of adds to this unnerving it's like why would she say i don't want to leave town when there's another ghost face murder of course you would of course. i don't care how militant of a fucking hardcore like i'm not gonna be defined by trauma person you still, like, <laughs> it's fine to, yeah there's we a can difference go to cape cod for the weekend there's a difference between like i'm not leaving town and i don't have any common sense like there's there's a difference like right which 
we clearly fucking jumped the shark on that line oh, immediately. Yeah. I mean, well, because we... the very next moment is like they find Sam's thing at the crime scene. It's like, all right, let's walk to the police station without the help of all of our friends, without Quinn's dad, who's a cop, saying, "Hey, could you come pick us up?" Yeah, like there could be a ton of media. There could be so. There are these dumb decisions that don't register as super dumb until you watch it again. Yeah. Because what I love about five and six is they're really fun to watch a second time, right? Mm-hmm. Like seeing how they're moving, watching how the ghost face are interacting with the conversations and moments is really well done in these two. Yeah. But yeah, them just walking on the sidewalk without – she's supposed to be heavily armed all the time. She doesn't have any of her shit. And then they go into a bodega, and it's just like all these New Yorkers like, hey, what's up, pal? You want to fight? And every time they put their arms out, they get stabbed yeah. in the neck. It, it, the it, guy goes for his keys and gets stabbed. It's like, what, what are we I doing? i got to be honest with you. I've, I've worked a lot in New York, and I've never met a single New Yorker who would just clock Ghostface and be like, sit the fuck down, dude. Like It would have. This is old now, but we recorded over. this a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. It should be like hopping on, yeah. right? Like we, that famous video just came out of there are these five fucking assholes that jumped a security guard in Montgomery. Yep. And they're like, he's like, hey, move your boat. I'm the captain of one of these big river boats. So like, fuck you. We can do whatever we want. We don't have shirts on and wear cargos and probably love country music. And they start jumping the shit out of this guy. Yeah. And next thing you know, every dude in the area is coming in and a fucking huge brawl erupted. And everyone's like, oh, those guys got their ass whipped. And I'm like, well, don't fucking jump a security guard. And maybe you won't get knocked the fuck out. Yeah. Right? And I think that's how people who have seen fights, you don't do the talking. You don't do the hands out. You fucking, if, this, this is a lesson from your pal Griffey, who is a bouncer, who's seen a lot of combat. If you believe it's going down, do two things. Run away. There's no shame in that. Fighting is a terrible thing. You should never take it lightly. Run away. I ran. If you're if you're not running away, you try to fucking incapacitate and hurt someone fast. You don't fucking do the old time John Wayne, like the fucking, what is that? The Irish wedding movie? The oh, Quiet American, whatever. The quiet Man. Yeah, you don't fucking fight through the street for four hours. You fucking end that fight as fast as you can or you run away. Yeah. And so I don't think this Scott Ian looking guy is like, hey, I'm a roadie from Anthrax. What's up? No, no. You're going to fucking throw your bag at that guy and beat the shit out of him. It's, Especially once you realize it's a 58-year-old man. Right. Besides the, the, besides the ghost face. Besides the ghost face. Tonight, that scene is awesome, though. Oh, no. But like, this is what this is the scream thing. You great. see the authorship of these are great people are not scenes. acting like people. Yeah. But it works because the, the reality of scream that it's supposed to play in is never a thing. I think it's like we're like, watching a soap opera where we get to choose our yeah, own adventure. I think that's like. That's the thing about Scream being in New York is this isn't real New York. This is movie New York where this is movie New York where that guy's a stereotype of what us Midwesterners think New York. Yeah, exactly. Are. It's a version of New York that everyone else but people from New York. And when we see true. that guy get killed, we're like, ha, if only he had Midwestern. Because there's so many people who absolutely one that like, like I. Okay. That's the benefit, though, of movie New York is movie New York has the trappings of near danger. But what it doesn't have is, like, the toughness of people who are actually from New York where, like, a bodega guy has a gun loaded behind ready to shoot yeah, someone. Yeah, bodega, to- guy, bodega guy doesn't go, hey, and give you a warning. That <laughs> fucking guy's fucking you. shooting you in the back. <laughs> That's it. Like, Yeah, you don't have a shotgun under your counter unless you are prepared to ready. use it. As soon as someone no, shows th- up with this a This is not, yeah. like, 70s movie New York. Yeah. 
That was like real danger yeah, to you. If this was 70s Scream, if this was Scream 70s, I mean, the movie would be over in like 10 minutes. Like, it was, yeah. that's it. Because you, you have people who are just in a reality. This is not a reality. There is authorship here. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the movie says it's Ghostface. We see it's someone bigger. Mm-hmm. Neither here nor there. The, the rest of, how did you feel when Kirby popped back up? I'm fine. Like, I, you know, I don't think I cared enough about yeah, Scream. 4 I think that's that the it, thing is Scream Four is such a like. But if there was a character you liked in that, it was Kirby. She's this. I didn't realize that Kirby's this like fan favorite from the series from the franchise. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know. Like, a I, lot of people really rallied around Scream Four because when it came out, this is what Richie was attacking in Part Five. Right. Right. Is that they disrespected the whole franchise, and, and I think a lot of people rallied around that movie because it was. It was fine. Right. It was fine. I like I mean, the ghost face reveal. You know, I think See, they, I think people rallied harder around it than you'd imagine. Yeah. So I didn't realize that Kirby was like a big, like, there were Kirby stands out there. Did I use that phrase right? That's correct. Correct. I think so. Okay, cool. Yeah. I didn't realize Kirby that. Kirby hive. Yeah. I didn't realize that. That's good. I didn't realize there was a big Kirby hive. So like when she shows up, I was like, oh, I mean, all right. Like, you know, she's been stabbed Scream, once. So Scream cool. 4 is like the most forgettable one to me. Yeah. Other than the Emma Roberts ending. Yeah. Because you're like, part three is just so Scooby-Doo, I remember it. And Scream 2 is like the second most forgettable. You're like, all right, it was fine. Oh, Scream 2 is like uh, it. It's awesome. I like Scream 2, but it's also like fairly forgettable if you get away from it a ways. It, it's one of those things where, again, I think that... Uh, I think Scream... I, again, I just... I think everyone has the ones they like. And this is why I think the Kirby thing didn't phase me or also was just like, all right, was a, you're only doing this because you need, you need to throw the scent off. Literally everyone who the, like by the middle of the movie was not in the movie. We all would have known who Ghostface was immediately. Like it's one of those, like she is the, she is a perfect, like throw the scent off person because there's at least a seed of doubt with Kirby because she was the horror movie obsessive. She's, an FBI she played agent the now. What's your favorite horror movie thing? Right, she's an she's FBI five foot agent. five, she's so five it's perfect to have a fucking six foot. She's five six foot nose five, nose. so clearly when yeah. she puts on the suit, she turns into that little kid from you know Power Rangers yeah. uh, Turbo into a yeah. you know. When we see Ghostface in the subway, standing taller than everyone's shoulders, clearly she's not Quinn, but it is it's Quinn. Her. It's fine. Yeah, it's neither here nor there. I got I got to let this thing go. But it's hard um, to let go because like the, I, I enjoyed Kirby. I'll tell you why, though. This is why yeah. you can't let it go. And this is really the problem with doing it. This is really the problem with actually let's finish this Kirby talk is this filters into the ending and why the ending doesn't work for me. So we can finish talking about Kirby. There's a lot of reasons why the ending doesn't. We can't. But, but Kirby um, Kirby's a good plant <laughs> to throw in this movie. I don't know yeah. if it necessarily works because it's like not. I think emotionally you see some good run, like her crushing fucking chili dogs, and you know she talks about how there's a ghost face division of the FBI, so we're expanding mythology. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I was never like as into Scream before, so it just didn't hit with me. Same, but same. I thought she was really good She's in the fine. movie. I liked her yeah. scene with uh, the twin sister, right, where they're doing the like, oh, you're the new horror movie nut, the and they right? like yeah, yeah. respect you're like respect, man. Like they're in on. I thought that was great. There was that little line where uh, fucking old cops, like, she's insane. She got let go of the FBI field office. And you're like, that's the moment in the film where you're like, all right, I know exactly right. that it's not got it. Kirby you. anymore. Yeah. But 
it's a cool moment because you see Kirby reacting to it. Right. Like, oh, fuck. Okay. Um, I thought it was just really... I, th- I thought she was well done. I don't know that Gales did anything for me in this. Because I, I was thinking, I was like, this is kind of the Dewey moment from the one before. Mm-hmm. I think Gail, while we've always liked her and we've liked Courtney Cox's Gail, we don't like her like we like Sid and Dewey. She's always kind of the sleazy... She does. She writes the book she's not supposed to, and then she comes back and she's like, "Mea culpa." Yeah, "Mea culpa," and she's like, "I'm back." And we're like, "All right," but we know Gail's always gonna Gail. Yeah. So like when Gail's fighting and gets stabbed, it honestly didn't resonate with me at all. I mean, I right? Think- the scene. The scene is fine. I liked her talking to Ghostface. That was cool. I liked her gun safe, but the fact that that room didn't have like, "Hey, you can't get in here." Yeah. Like, there's a back to the room where her gun safe is. And the fact that then she's like, I'm coming out. It's like, but again, this this gets back to, so this is, let's just do this talk right now. I think this movie really solidified for me how I view Scream moving forward. Which is, you look at this, it reminds me of, like, Deadpool sometimes does this, right? Where they'll acknowledge the comic book artist. Sure, yeah. In the story. And you'll pull back to see the guy writing it. Scream is very much like that. Like, this is a fever dream in some alien boy somewhere who's writing fucking campy slasher films. And so Gail can't sit in that room and be smart because she has to. Or or Cabin in the Woods does a great job of this, right? There are Mm -hmm. these machinations of horror movies that the gods demand. Right. And so Gail coming out is insane. Ghostface throwing her gigantic boyfriend through a bookshelf is insane. Yeah. That's not an Ikea bookshelf. She got Gail Weathers money. Yeah. I, These things are insane. Yeah, these are, this is a loft but, in, upper, in the Upper West Side. Yeah. Like, she's, she's got money. It's fine. I, I think that. The fact that she knocks Ghostface out and could just easily grab her gun and do the shooter and shoot him in the head like we learned last movie. Yeah. But again, you have to. So I think that the supernatural, like, there's an another world behind it, an authorship, right? That lets them fucking grow to gargantuan heights and power when they're Ghostface and Gale being a fucking moron. <laughs> well, I think that this is it, like, it works strangely to the advantage of the films when you because they are so meta to begin with, right? I mean, it it works like it, it reminds me like after three, all of them sort of start to become that. Looney Tunes, the Duck Amuck Looney Tunes cartoon, where, yeah, like... Daph- Three was the uh, Freddy's Daph- Dead of the franchise, where you're like, all right, we've gone a little too yeah. far in one where, direction. Where, like, Daffy Duck <laughs> is constantly looking at the camera, being like, are you going to do this or what? Or, like, are you going to write it? Or how are we going to, like... Yeah. So, but I think... I'll the- share a good story with you real quick. So, my buddy, who I think you met, he used to play on my softball team, Dave Coggeshaw, right? Oh, yeah. Love Dave. He hired me for Thousand Ways to Die. He just wrote Orphan First Kills a year ago. His wife's movie Bed Rest came out. Mm -hmm. Um, Awesome couple, great writers. He was in the writer's room for the Scream TV show. Right. And the weirdest, most tragic choice the Scream TV show made was they're like, they had that fucking god-awful mask. Like, it's such a fucking embarrassingly bad mask, right? And I remember talking to Dave when I saw the shit come out. I was like, dude, I'm bummed, man. I love Scream. Why did you fucking do this like melted ghost face mask? Like it looks like shit. Like we want and he said the producer specifically said is that Ghostface is as tied now to the scary movie franchise and like beer commercial parodies and that it was no longer a scary image. And I was like, honestly, I think you could even lump in by Scream 3. Yeah. 
he had become a Scooby-Doo villain. And so like it had lost its power a little bit. And I, I think Scream 4 bringing it back was awesome. And this movie really bringing back all of the iterations of the Scream mask, except for the Scream TV show, um, I thought was a cool addition. Yeah. Right? And so I thought that was funny that the producers specifically told him we're not doing that ghost face mask because people will not take it seriously enough. They'll laugh at it. I mean, I think that... The- Which now has been proven to be fucking lunacy. Well, that and I think the fallacy of like people won't take it seriously is like do you know what the franchise is like to say like oh people won't take the scream franchise series like this is a series that like from the jump didn't take itself seriously jason wearing a hockey mask is kind of childish we should not do that everyone's like what What?" like it's like a weird these iconographies it's a strange thing to what they are yeah like it's a strange thing to We've talked about this in other October. It's trying to outsmart the room. It's yeah. the comic book thing. Like everyone get, they're like, I'll change, I'll get my big break in comic books by deconstructing right. something you like and telling you everything about it sucks. And you're like, we right. don't need exactly. that. Like, like I think we, that's we know the, all the shit you're going to write. It's not clever. Right. No, that's a great way to put it. Like the bona fides of writing great comic book stories. You basically, you get a license to deconstruct when, after you've written really great comic book work. Like yeah. that's how if you forget to construct again. Yeah. If you forget how you built it, then how the you're f- just doing the jokes we've all done at the yeah. shop 50,000 times. You can't pull something down if you've never built one up, you know, like I think there's like yeah. a whole there's a whole thing. And I think the same thing goes for Scream, like Scream. And the Scream shows actually not that bad. It's fine. It's pretty solid. Show, scream. But. but Scream is a meta narrative on all of our collective obsession with this genre of movie. Like, that's exactly what it's about. Like, it's not about. Look, I mean, but it's, you know, and then it's about the reflection of society when it comes to horror films and violence in general. Like, every single iteration of this movie and of the show, it's always about how this reflects society. Like, that's how horror films work. That's why horror films are even effective, you know, are effective literature in any way. Sorry, I don't know if literature is the right word, but like, effective pop culture because they reflect the world outside our window in a lot of ways. That is exactly, outsider art. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what horror films are supposed to do. Uh, two things we forgot to talk about that I'd like your opinion on. Sure. This has two amazing ghost face scenes. The fucking apartment raid. Awesome. Well, one year it's dumb. You're like, why don't the five of them turn around and beat the fuck out of this one ghost face? Right. Like, I know he took your knives. Just. Fucking grab anything on the wall and yeah. start chucking it at him. Always it's works. a five on one. Yeah, come on. That's insane. I know they're scared and they're young, but the core four have seen this before. Right. They should all turn around in unison and fucking mash that they dude's brain. Know. But that fucking ladder that scene, ladder scene is, awesome. is a stunner. That That is like an all-timer within the Like a pure series. fucking stunner. Absolutely. And that was really cool in 3D. That was the one where I was like, I'll give you the 3D on that. That's and the cool. subway scene was good in 3D, too. Subway scene. The subway good. scene, I, I, at first I didn't like it. Because I was like, we've been on those things. There's no way someone wouldn't notice. It's. But then you're like, honestly, like in those places, I feel like yeah, you do shut down. And you, you're like, don't don't you see nothing. Don't do you nothing. Won't know, you wouldn't notice shit. Unless no one yeah. else is in the car. And even then, it's a little hard. Like to me, yeah. yeah I that thought, scene is fucking awesome, though. That was it was interesting. Like I thought the subway scene might be the closest to like traditional, 
like horror pacing that Scream has ever gotten. And I was like, wow, this yeah. is effective as shit. Oh my god! The apartment's like an explosion. That's like a uh, that's that's a, a simmer. Slow that's really ticking good. clock. It was really yeah. good. Both of them were just like that. That ladder scene is so fucking cool, man. Like, I mean, to me, that is a way to a, use some shit. Like, my my heart tells me still that the garage door scene of Rose McGowan is the fucking best it's, kill. It's the best one because it's so fucking insanely hilarious. Yeah. Honestly, that's probably my favorite kill they've ever done. I mean, done. the ladder kill. It's so fucking it, mean. Well, I think that's the it's thing. Brutal. We keep and, coming and back like, to this point. He takes mean. his time to just like watch. Yeah. Like he's playing with it. Like it's. There's a cruelty to it. There's like a real. This isn't because again, the, the movie gets into this like knives don't actually hurt people anymore. <laughs> like right. you can get stabbed like fifty five times and it's fine. Like when she falls, and that that thumb mm. hits. That is like the meanest thing I've ever seen in this franchise. I mean, I think that's the that to me is like the headline of Scream Six is just it's mean, like it's mean. Both five and six are like there's a cruelty. The to them cruelty now. that it's the cruelty that echoes from number one, which I think is really cool because it does have this constant look back right. at the past. I, I like it a lot. I like that. It's, I like that. It's aspect a fine line though because we go from. Stu and uh, Billy stabbing each other. I'm getting woozy here, man. Yeah. Like, you know, knives actually affect people. Mm-hmm. To like, I'm fine. Let's talk. And I'm fine. Drop off balconies. I'm fine. Yeah. The six inch blade <laughs> went straight through my, my vital organs, but I'll walk. Like, yeah, Sam just gets stabbed in the shoulder, but yeah, she's still like one hand deadlifting her sister. And it's like, all right, we're just, we're, we're, we're action figures now. Yeah, Again, fine. we're getting in this super net. It's almost like if you remember the movie Clash of the Titans. Where they just move fucking Perseus yeah. and monsters around the board. That's what Scream That's is what Scream now. Is. These these are comical archetype mythical figures, not human beings anymore. Right. Um, but anywho, neither here nor there. All right, so the thing we've been saving up to, we're kind of running long. We're excited to talk about this one. Um, as much as we loved everything in this movie. The ending is this this ending is the trash. fucking worst it's the worst <laughs> ending in the scream franchise it's so fucking dumb yeah it's so fucking bad right like not even like let's just start at the surface level the choice of the killers is so uninspired and bad right it's right. richie's dad and his family the one you kind of you kind of peg that one pretty fucking fast. yeah you're like got it uh and that the guy. sister quinn does nothing to add to it except for now if you notice six movies and now we're back to 12 ghost face so we filled the roman slot right and mythologically we're back to the two per movie right. which i kind of like that well that was like um, that's always but my th- they're sisters and then yeah dylan will like it's so uninspired it's so uninteresting it doesn't bubble up from anything other than he's like i was mad i knew my son was a serial killer but now we're mad because he was my first. It's so. It's I think so this is like this is the problem I have with the ending and just overall like the concept of two, because it works for Scream One, and kind of works for Scream Two because you're not paying attention to it. They're not the match made in heaven, but it's good. However, like the problem is that three, like the family of ghost faces, you're just like. You know, this is where we start looking at the size of these people like a little more conspicuously. I'm like, hmm. And the age and yeah, the like, that again, tiny like, girl. Lori Metcalf that was ju- fucking ghost facing. So like, it was come like 
Come on, guys. What what's what's going on here? Like so, like age age has never mattered to go again. Shazam. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> slash the ham. It's sh- but it's yeah. That's... It's 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 so uninspired and so uninteresting. The film nerds, right? Who like Richie becomes now their patron saint. Yeah, and they're all like, "This is how you break into the industry." That was at least an interesting motivation. Sure. The the fucking dad and like the Ethan and Quinn is like embarrassingly tapped on. Like like I, it, it's so fun and they don't even get a chance. They're just like, that was our brother. That was our brother. Like they don't they angry. don't really get anything then, beyond that. Well, and then so it's the so but bad. the ringleader being Dermot Mulrooney turning in one I mean, of, this is one of the worst performances ever. He's essentially doing like, Caesar Romero from Batman 66. <laughs> Watch it again and put that in your mind. You'll never unsee it. Like where he's like, <laughs> Dermot Mulrooney is a great actor. I've seen him do a lot of yeah. shit. Like I love a lot of great actors movies. have had embarrassingly bad performances. And this is like one of those things where I'm like, are you? Yeah. He did doing not. Re- I don't believe he ever movie. went back and watched a scream movie. I don't think he got the assignment. He's pretty good or when he's he, the basic cop. Or he watched he's great like, at that. Or he watched like the movie clip on YouTube of Stu and Billy explaining their yeah. whole thing. He's like, "Oh, manic, got it. All right, now I know the assignment." And right. he, like turned it off and went to work. Yeah, him him doing his like <laughs> his laughs is weird. Is it's one of the worst acting choices I've ever seen. It's and just again, very, I used to strange. act. I know how fucking hard it is to do any of that, to make choices and put it no out there. I have no problem with people making their he's choices. Su- I mean, he's a great actor who's achieved a lot. Yeah. I blame the directors. so Because the director should have stopped him and said, hey, man, um, I appreciate the work you've done or not done. Um, I appreciate you being on set and lending the, the Dylan Muldermey hive to whatever the fuck yeah. his name is. The, the Dylan hive to the movie. Um, I, could we get another take? Yeah. Like, could we just try it without the, the fucking like, Batman 66? I would have, if it was me, if I was radio silence, I would have sat there and been like, Hey, I appreciate that you watched what I'm assuming equates to four minutes of the first movie. And you know, <laughs> this isn't your Joker. Silence. You're not going to win a fucking Oscar. Like, let's, like, let's try something else. The reason that you're here making this movie with us is because you're Dermot Mulrooney. So if you can just do the Dermot Mulrooney thing that you've done in countless other movies, and you're a great actor. For decades. Do it. For decades now. Do your thing. Yeah. I don't need whatever it is that you did based yeah. on the Billy How Lewis about thing. this? You're fucking sad that your son got murdered, <laughs> and you don't need to cackle because yeah. you tricked him into the kill room. Yeah. It's not a, you know, we're not doing, yeah, that's it. That, that, there's your it's, motivation. It's such a fucking horrendously a bad series of choices. And the action of it is fucking stupid, right? The like the mini stabs and Tara saying, "Let me go," like that's metaphorical, and she's gonna fucking do a from God. the heavens Macho Man elbow drop. That's fucking stupid. Um, the one when she shoots Quinn, that's great. Yeah. The scene after that though is one of the. It reminds me of when Batman smiled in the first Justice League when Superman showed up. And you're like, that's the lowest point in the history of Batman. Right. The There's never been out. a moment where Batman was so ashamed as a character as that moment. Right. right? So misunderstood. So misportrayed. When Dylan Muldermey, or whatever, say, I'm not going to get it right once. Dermot Mulrooney. Yeah. Dermy. I just called him Dermy. Dermy. <laughs> whatever. When Dermy does. Well, whatever. That fuck, he doesn't deserve the full name after this performance. Um, 
he sees his daughter get shot and she pulls the trigger, Sam. Mm -hmm. No bullets, right? He still has a gun that absolutely works, which we see a minute later. And she screams and charges him. And what does his dumbass do? Oh, and he charges her still with his gun pointed out. Doesn't like shoot her to income. The next scene after a concussion, he's fucking wasting ghost face mannequins headshots. That is one of the saddest, most pitiful moments I've ever seen in a movie. It was, they I mean, fall and then it wakes up and now it's in a like, movie that Hey, really, you're in the ghost face movie. for a movie that really put in the work. Like, and I mean, it was a really good put in the work movie. It this ends. movie rivals Scream 1 about 80% of the way through yeah. the movie. It ends so spectacularly badly. And like a lot of like, and a lot of just like bad horror math is being done. And you're just like, oh my God, just fucking the, kill the these action people. is so fucking bad. And cor- there's no, there's no impact. I mean, Kirby's getting shot. They're all getting shot and stabbed. And it's like, it doesn't matter at all. Until Tara stabs uh, that virgin in the face. He has that fucking ridiculous line. I've always wanted to stick something in you, Tara. And you're like, like, this isn't 97. It's just like the 40-year-old virgin. He's like, yeah, her tits felt like a bag of sand. Bag of sand. (laughs) But that's, again, one of those lines that you put in a movie. You're like, oh, dude, what era are you in? Come on. Also, you're like, he's already ghost face and he's Richie's brother. We don't have to hate him anymore. Yeah, I'm like, I get it. He's a scumbag. It's, It's fine. Yeah. He's an incel. We get it. Again, like, it's a hat on a hat. Just stop. Like <laughs> I, My roommate was an alpha, literally named Chad. And you're like, ah, oh, why is the script hurting me now? It's like, oh, more, more. oh, no, I'm it's getting really so, stabbed. I think this, the sins of the action, the layout, if you actually stop and think geographically, too, about how and when the ghost face are getting in that building. Dude. <laughs> like, it's it's so. But again, this is that mythological thing where you have to, like, set that aside. It's it's such an offensively bad series of choices across the board. Yes. Um, I can't say anything nice about that except for at the end when uh, she's like, hey, she kills uh, him with the TV that killed Stu. That's kind of funny. Yeah. But the other thing that's happening in this moment is Billy's like, let's get our kill on Team Loomis. And you're like, fuck you. Ugh. And then God. Tara like puts it on or Sarah puts Sam puts it on and when she stabs Moldermit like 50 times in each arm which is like why are you stabbing arms that's so weird and mean and again doesn't do anything to him apparently and she's kind of like smiling yeah she's like like, uh, like uh, this whole and then like, Tara's sad and so she's like no I'm better than that and then Tara's like well, I don't know and she's like cool and stabs him in the eyeball yeah after she's... Tara by the way who cannot morally high hand her because we just watched Tara stab, stab Ethan and twist in, the face. in his fucking throat yeah so maybe Tara's not the moral authority that well, she thinks she is in this I, I think this is something that okay I do want to say this I, I don't because I, I do so stupid. I like I like I like scream five and six I love Scream 6. What I don't like about Scream 5 and 6 is this legacy of, like, Loomis's daughter is one of those things where I'm like, dude, hey, I can't do do any more Skeet Ulrich de-aging ghost. Like, that has got to stop. Whatever kind of Insta-filter they use. But that's what I mean. I thought they (laughs) used it much better in the first one. But regardless, I also just think it's a story point. Like, for her to just, like, constantly see him is one of those things where I'm like, hey, stop. I, I well, get it's it. Also, it's, like, it's like the cute boyfriend. Like, if he's in the movie to do a function, 
yeah. hot shirtless guys in the movie to be a possible ghost face su- suspect. Sure. They never once do anything in the movie that actually makes him a suspect. Right. He's totally wasted, except for looking insanely handsome and having cheekbones. Of course. Right? Ski Ulrich in this movie is doing nothing. It's not utilized like it was in the first one in any way, shape, or form to, like, add any value. Yeah. I right? Think, I think ultimately, so in, yeah. I, I mean, think we ultimately don't, we don't just, have to sit here and fucking No, no, and everyone. I don't think it's, a, it's not a bad thing. I just, it does not, like, for me personally, yeah. it doesn't work for me. I don't think it's a I bad think there thing. there are people that Doesn't really love Scream 6, and they're going to disagree with us. Sure, of course. I would just say this is worse than Roman. This is That's bad. Because so, I would say the first one is clearly the best reveal. Yeah. I think Scream 4 is a great reveal, actually. I like that it's Emma Roberts trying to be the next hit. I thought that was great. I think then you go with Scream 5. Then you go with Scream 2, because it's Billy's mom. Then you go Scream 3, which is Roman, because it's not as shitty as this. This is the worst of all the six Ghostface reveals. Yeah, absolutely. This I mean, is bar embar- none. Like, this is embarrassingly bad from motivation to acting to machinations. The only good thing about the ending is the setting is very cool. Yeah. The setting for it is very cool. Um, but god damn. Like, what a fucking piece of shit ending. <laughs> okay. And it's, it is. It's like driving, like... Oh, I don't know what everyone's dream car is, right? A Porsche 911. My neighbor is getting one. He's having his midlife crisis. Oh, boy. And he's going to be like a Porsche 911 guy now. Um, And I was like, it'd be like finally getting that out of the lot and being like, hooray! And then crashing into the back of the manure truck like it's back to the future. Yeah. Like, this is so fucking painfully (laughs) bad for a movie that I absolutely loved. Like, don't get me twisted. I loved the journey of this movie. It was a great movie, man. Like, the franchise monologue was great. Like, everything about it I love. I love the core four shit. Mm-hmm. And then it just abruptly becomes the shittiest ending in the franchise, which is, it's weird. Because like I said, they clearly did a lot of amazing work. And they just, they, they kind of fucked up the most important part of a Scream movie. So, having said. So, here, we had to do two more things. Predictions for Scream 7. Radio Silence is now out, and Chris Landon is in. Right, who did. I think he's a good a good fit for this kind of a movie. Mm-hmm. I think he'll he'll I think he'll have the touch that it'll be fine. We're still doing the the story of the this family. I'm guessing the core for. So I'm not as worried about Radio Silence leaving, even though I think they did amazing work, Great work. The best work since Craven for totally. sure. They did an amazing job. Even with this dog shit ending. Um, Predictions for the next movie. I think this has trilogy vibe written all over it and then a respite. So I have, because I was thinking, I was like, what's happening in horror that they could address? And it could be the elevated horror. I have this sneaking suspicion that the ghost face in the next movie, there's kind of only four options, I feel like. I think it could be the daughter's mom and or dad. Sure. Yeah. Right? Because dad left because he got cheated on with Billy Loomis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the dad could come back and say, you fucking hell spawn. You took my other daughter from me. Right. You're Loomis's daughter. You took her. So the daughter's dad could come back and be Ghostface. Right. The daughter's mom could come back. Right? Because she cut Sam out for uh, revealing the affair. Right, right. Even though she's the one who banged Billy Loomis. And then Tara cut her off for cutting Sam off. So I think the parents are prime suspects if they come back in the movie. And then you do this riff on generational trauma. You know, A24 movies are are all trauma metaphors. So you could riff on that within Scream, which I think would be cool. 
in the two legacy characters we still have, Stu and Sid, I don't know if the Scream franchise has the fucking gall, the fucking audacity to make Sid a ghost face. I think that'd be incredibly stupid. I can't imagine how it would work, but I would not discount it. The other one is in this movie, they said the TV that killed Stu Mocker and the other girl said, if you believe he died, Matthew Lillard has one of the highest approval ratings of any man on planet Earth. I'm telling you, Matthew Lillard if is having... If it's legacy, it's got to be Stu over Sid. Yeah, Matthew Lillard is You cannot a... make Sid Ghostface, right? Matthew Lillard is having a moment. You can't make Sidney Ghostface. What we got to do is go to a sanitarium. Stu and the mom Stu would be Mocker. a great combo. Where Stu Mocker is just sitting there in a and Billy Loomis's old side piece, their mom. Come on, the, those Come are on. my four. I would put on the board right now. It would be mom or dad number one, maybe a condo a combo tag team. I think Stu coming back would be awesome. You know, the real fucking hail mary would be that Sid is so sick of it, she's right? Like, that she survived so long that now I think that would be an embarrassment. It would. I, it just, I don't see I don't any world in which I mean, that. Like, I think it totally disrespects everything about Scream. Yeah, I think there's thematically. I don't something think you can do the, the, the degradation of the final girl who started this epidemic. Yeah, but maybe. Well, this is the thing. They're I, setting Sam up to be Corey from Halloween Ends. Right, but I also don't right? think that. We'll see that. That's my other. You like, could switch that to Sid, and as we know, everyone loves Halloween Ends. Right. <laughs> but I think that's the other thing too. Is like the. Sydney is Ghostface thing. I would be honestly, I think pissed. You'd have to fucking have a great. I've said you'd have since, to do the work for that one. I've said since they started these up again, I was like, if they don't throw fucking Stu Mocker back in this thing, we are absolutely wasting our time. I think Stu and the parents. It, it has to be like one the, of the parents. I like the parents. The parents beat is good. It has to be one. They of the haven't parents. done a mom and dad killer yet. That'd be kind of cool. Well, they did in number two is Billy Loomis's mom. No, but it's not mom and dad, not a family. Right. Of we we never look at uh Sid because we've had a mom and a dad. We've never we never really dealt with Sid's parentage. Right. Just this the- one, it feels built in because they talk about in the first one how she destroyed their family. Right. So it feels like an obvious next beat is that mom and or dad are coming back for revenge. If she used to fuck Billy, that means she was probably friends with Stu too. Come on. Come Maybe on. they find each other. Come on. Right. He's nursed to health a little bit like Michael Myers at Come the uh, end of I'm Halloween 4. If we don't get a scene where Matthew Stu and the mom would be my 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 with a Matthew bullet. Matthew Lillard yes. deserves his moment in the sun. Where Chris he's Landon's sitting. first Scream movie, does he have the fucking audacity to put Sid in the mask? I want to see a scene. I want Stu Mocker sitting in a padded cell a la Anthony Perkins at the end of Psycho. And that being like, like Matthew Lillard is so good. I, He's like the Hannibal Lecter of Scream 7. Come on, man. Why I not? just want to see him again. I do, too. I, was like, I if, just if, love if, that yeah. character. I just want to see him. I love that. I'd rather see that than another Gale. Agreed. I, honestly, I'm to the point now, it's like, let's shed these legacies. Yeah. Let's. I like the core unit they've got. Me, too. Um, Final thing we have to do. So, yeah, mark that down. Stu and one of the parents. Final thing we have to do. New rankings. Final franchise rankings we have to re-update them because we had them before okay and i actually switched my order 
I switched the list after uh, rewatching them. Sounds about right. So let's start at the bottom. What's the worst Scream movie? And again, I like every Scream movie. Yeah. So I'm okay. not trying to throw this fucking haymakers. I was going to say, because I knew we were going to do these rankings because I wrote mine down. There's absolutely no Scream movie that I haven't watched that I didn't enjoy. So this is literally like just a list of the movies that I enjoy in that order. Yeah, we're ranking things we like. Yeah. This is like ranking beers. I'm like, they'll all get me drunk. I love it. Yeah. All right, so I just actually tweaked my list one more time. I've got my final rankings Son in. Of a bitch. All right. What's at the bottom for you? Three. Scream three by far is the bottom. Absolutely. It's it's pretty objectively a misfire, but mm -hmm. I like it because of the weirdness it represents in the franchise. Sure, sure. All right, second to the bottom. Number five. Four for me. Okay, so this was where I was torn. I went two. Okay. Because I think part four has a way better ghost-faced reveal. Mm -hmm. So I flipped four and two from you. Okay. I like two also. I think two's great. All right. Uh, so that's is your is your four two then? You're asking me? No, my my number my number five is four. My fifth favorite scream movie is four. Okay, so you're going scream three, scream four. What do you have next? Six. Scream six, really? I have Scream four here. That is, it's not a bad movie, but that ending really does like wow sour a lot for me. It's it's the worst ending in the franchise. All right, what's your third? Five. I have five here as well. Number two, Scream one. Scream one. I really like Scream two. I said this when we did this originally. Like, Scream oh my two. god, this is the most shocking reveal Scream since the Scream end of this. Scream two movie. is awesome. Like, it's all right. So, so I good. have I have Scream six is the number two. Right. I think this one is rivaling number one until the dog shit ending. Sure. But I think even with the dog shit ending, it still just it launches ahead of five. For me, because it ran so five five walks, so this could run. Right. For me, two through four of my rankings can pretty much change any time. Interchangeable. I really so then do number think... one. I have Scream. I think that's inarguable. You have Scream two above Scream. I really like Scream two. I love it. I think it's an incredible sequel. I love it. Like to sequelize. I fucking a, love it, dude. To sequelize a meta narrative and for to for it to a be that effective and b still come out. And this was like at the birth of. You're not wrong. This was like at the birth of um, movie news, too. So, like, it got ruined constantly. So, Kevin Williams had to keep rewriting the script for it to still be, like, reasonably effective as a movie. Pretty fucking cool. So, that's all. I love it. I would never have guessed that. I would never. I knew Scream 3 was going to be fucking. Yeah, uh, Scream 3 is a foregone conclusion for We both knew of that us. was going to be the bottom. I know it's the film hipster thing now to say that it's not. Of course. It's. And again, I enjoy it. It's not the best. I would never have guessed Scream 2 over Scream 1 for and you. I love that. Next year, very so well. So mine might be, goes very well 1, might be the 6, 5, 4, 2, 3. And here I'm goes 2, 2 1, 5, 6, 4, 3. Love it. Love it. That's our final franchise rankings. That's it for the Scream franchise until it ain't. Uh, when Scream 7 comes out, 7. you know... You know your boys will be there. We'll be there to talk about it. And we'll update the rankings again and see if Scream 7 can surpass the Titan that is Scream 2. <laughs> we'll see. It's fine. By the end of next year, it'll be Scream 1 again. That's all. Like, it's just. Yeah. It's, it is, I think, with Child's Play, Scream and Child's Play have the highest quality per entry of any horror franchises. Agreed. 100%. Like, there's not a movie. I mean, Scream. Scream actually is even better than Child's Play because Child's Play, once you start getting to like 
Colts and Curse of Chucky. They're not at like they clearly have gone like straight VOD at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they both have really high per entry quality. Um I think Scream is like the new king of there's not really a bad Scream like Scream 3 is less than. Yeah. But it's not bad, bad. Again, it's Scream is the pizza of the slasher franchises. Like that's what no, I'm saying. There's not bad pizza, there's just pizza. Like Yeah. So we'll be back when we have more Scream to talk about. We'll be back tomorrow with another horror movie for you guys. Because you know the deal. Every October here on the Film Alchemist, the October Mega Marathon, we leap balls deep into the abyss. We make it a pods. We make it a pods. We make it a pods all the time. We make it a pods. We make it a pods. Uh, 31 days, 31 pods. So tomorrow will be back for yet another pod, another horror movie adventure. Uh, check the schedules we have out. You can find what's coming up next. The best way to know everything about the show and have some authorship of the show. Move us around like a super Shazam ghost face. Join our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Pod. We work very hard uh, to try to make that awesome for the community. We try very hard to listen to our community about what they want to hear, uh, what we can do to make the experience of the show better for them. And we would love for you to be a part of that community over there. So, again, patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod, the YouTube filmalchemist, the email filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Make sure you leave ratings and reviews wherever and everywhere you find the show. And if you'd be so kind, uh, share the stuff on socials. But more specifically, send it specifically to your movie-loving friends. Let them know what we're doing and that we're out here. And we'll take it from there, guys. Uh, That's it, man. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Thank you for doing Scream with us again. We love you. Bye.